Hi, it's Paul. Hi, it's Damo. And it's time for the PD Sports Podcast. With Damo and Paul. Hello everyone, welcome to the PD Sports Podcast. This is episode 5. I've got Damo with me here. Dame, do you want to say hello to all the lovely people? Hello everybody, welcome to episode 5 of the podcast. It's always so nice to be here. And we've also got one very, very special guest, Dom Trimboli. We've got with us, Dom, do you want to say hello to everyone as well? Hello, uh, Pod. Happy to be here. <laughs> so Dom is here mainly because of the topic that we've got for you guys today. So the main topic that we will be discussing is the Champions League and Europa League semi-finals that will be happening this week during was it Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday for us? I think or Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Uh, Wednesday, Thursday. So Dom is yeah Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We've got so. We've got Dom, who is a Chelsea fanatic and hopefully will give us some insight to see how Chelsea will beat Real Madrid. We'll also cover the PSG Man City tie and we've also got the Europa League games, which are Arsenal, Villarreal and Roma Man United. So, Dame, where should we start today? Should we start with just going straight into it or should we do a bit of a recap of... Uh, our predictions from last oh, week. Oh, I think what we should do firstly is we're available on Apple, boys. Uh, just for I'll throw that out there. A lot of people still ask me in the Discord, can you watch it? Can you listen to it off Apple? Hundred percent. Also on Spotify. Wherever you're listening to, you can obviously get us there. I just put out the plugs. But yeah, I reckon we should recap our predictions from last week, Paul. So what were your predictions last week, Pavlos? Yeah, mine were pretty bad. I think um, I'm just trying to see if we've got them pinned in the Discord. I believe they are. And. I hope they are. I actually don't think they oh, are. I've got so. I've got the ones we agreed on here. Oh yeah, because they because I've we lost our multi. If you didn't really realize, by <laughs> four legs, and we had a five leg multi we agreed on. So we obviously predicted Leicester West Brom. I think by memory we actually predicted it to be quite close. Uh, Leicester won three 0 because I got an early one. We obviously predicted the draw between Arsenal and Everton. Um, we'll talk about the Brad Leno disaster that was. I reckon we go into the Europa League tie of Arsenal versus Villarreal. Um, but obviously that goal there and Arsenal not playing particularly great, so Everton win. We obviously predicted Liverpool versus Newcastle, Liverpool win. Um, I'm gonna, I am going to put it out there. When we scored the early one, I did think my prediction of 4-0 was going to come in. We just don't know how to score. Um, and that, we had enough chances as well. Oh, we, create, we had 22 shots when you say that. Exactly. Yeah. So that's poor finishing yeah, it, from it, our it part. Is. And then um, Newcastle deserved a goal at the they end. They did. And to be fair, the goal that was disallowed for handball was never handball. If we're giving them handball, everything's handball. Um, Brighton and Sheffield were predicted a Brighton win. That did not happen. We also predicted a draw between Wolves and Burnley. And uh, your boy Chrissy Wood definitely did not happen. Yeah, your that, boy Chrissy Wood scored a hat trick. Definitely didn't happen. He? <laughs> he did a he went he went madness in that first half. It was it was on big money there. Um, that was big money Burnley to win away from uh, against Wolves. So yeah, may have missed out there. Yeah. And then with the footy, I think we were two for three. So I think we both backed Essendon, yes, which did. they came through. Uh, we both backed Port Adelaide, which they came through, and I think we both backed the Crows. I think. Yeah, I was at an engagement party. From memory, yeah. Really watch that game, but from what I watched, I only watched probably the last fifteen minutes of the final quarter. We looked dead on our legs, so yeah. Yeah, it was an interesting oh, game. Dom and I watched most was, of it together. Yeah. So Dom, I'll get your thoughts on that first before I start talking about it. Oh, jeez. Uh, where do I start? You don't shouldn't be giving up a thirty-two point lead against a team like Hawthorne. We just absolutely died from that second half. Our second quarter was unbelievable, and then to just we were we kicked fifteen goals straight. Yeah, I saw that on from uh, social media. We kicked fifteen yeah. straight. Couldn't believe it. But look, at the end of the day, we're not going to be playing finals this year. 
It's more about blooding the youth and just Riley Thilthorpe looked like a bloody player. Looked like a little player in our hands there. Um, so for a couple of the young kids, decent performances, but yeah, it still would have been nice to get the win. Be four and two instead yeah, of three that's and three. The thing. Look, end of the day, three and three from what we're expecting from the Crows is well above overs on what I thought they were going to be doing. Again, it was just one of those games where no one could really stem the flow of the game. It was just whoever was on top was really on top and no team was able to, you know, just sort of take the sting out of it a little bit. But that's it for our sort of little recap from last week. So for those of you that don't know, we do have... Um, a lot of chat at the moment through our Discord, which you can find in the description of the podcast. So if you do want to have a look at what we're predicting long term, you can jump into the Discord. Whilst you're there, especially if you're on Apple, make sure that you um, have a look and give us a review so we know what we can improve on. So Dame, I reckon what we might do is we might move on to the big tie of this Champions League semi-final, in my opinion. We might move on to PSG versus Man City first. So this is the tie of the four for me out of the Europa League and the Champions League. This should be the final. 100%. Yeah, I agree. This is for me. This is the final for me almost. So where where do you start? Like obviously City have just gone and won the Carabao Cup uh, this morning as well. So we spoke about that in the last podcast. Pretty cruisy win for them. Weren't really challenged at all by Ryan Mason. They look fairly comfortable. I saw a stat where, you know, and it just summed up the whole day where Pep has been part of something like a crazy amount of finals. Ryan Mason's two two games in charge ever. I thought it was one, but according to Sky, that 30. Was watching on, it was Is that two. 30? And then, yeah, it was it was ridiculous, that stat. But um, they look really comfortable for one new win. It could have been a bit more, really. Um, but also, you probably got to give Spurs a little bit of credit. You know, first game of the new manager, they didn't falter. And Second game kept it competitive, but um, look, PSG City should be the final. Uh, I think it's more going to be interesting how they line up over both legs because you, you look at City and PSG in the league, they play a certain way, and then you look in the Champions League, and they kind of set up slightly different. And I think so. Just touch on that. On that. Oh yeah, you've finish. Got, yeah, I think you got the stats on that pool to back me up, but I believe like City most times not play four two three one. So to PSG. In the Champions League, then in the league they play four three three predominantly. Um, yeah, I've got in the Champions League. I've got PSG against Barcelona. Uh, both legs are played a four three three, but against Bayern Munich they played a four two three one. Where Man City across the two legs against Munich and Gladbach played a four two three one, and the first leg against Dortmund was a four three three, and the second leg was a four two three one. Yeah, so but we expect I- that from sorry from Poch. He does a lot of he did a lot of that Spurs switching his systems around and we know what Pep does, Pep's rotation. Yeah. I think it's a defensive it's more of a defensive mindset. Even though the four three three, four two three run, they're a variant of each other. Because you can technically say a four three three is a you know, is a four one four one if you really want, if you drop the wingers. Um and the four two three one is just a you know, you push one of those instead of having the one DM you push him into the ten. Uh, but the way that I view it is by playing a four two three one, you have those two traditional sitting sixes and they can yeah. come and win your ball. And I think in the Champions League where the away goal is so important, I expect in the first leg, PSG will play four for three, City will play four two three one. And that dependent on the second leg, depending on if there's an away goal, depending if uh, PSG need goals or if they PSG win one nil, for instance, they will line up four two three one in England, and I'll expect City then to line up four three three and kind of go a little bit more. But it'll be very t- interesting to see, and they both have the 
the caliber of player to play either system. The thing for me is is that no matter what system PSG are going to play, Mbappe, Neymar, um, either side, so it doesn't really matter because they're yeah. I think I'm just having a look now at their games against Bayern Munich. So Mbappe played through the middle with Neymar in behind him with Di Maria and Draxler. So they've got options. They can either go Mbappe out wide and start Icardi. They can go Neymar through the middle. They can go... They've just got so many options. They've got Moise Keane, who I don't think would start, but if they need to go all guns blazing. They got it looks else like there. their two in midfield is going to be Idrissa Guy and Danilo Correa. So especially if they're going to be trying to play defensively, then they're, they're the two locked in. I think for me, if they go 4-3-3, it's Draxler comes out for Verratti and then it's Mbappe, Neymar, Di Maria as front three. So it's pretty pretty easy to predict, I think, for PSG. Man City's the team that I want to focus on, I think, in this tie. I think they're playing for quite a bit still. The league's not wrapped up. I know PSG aren't winning the league at the moment. I think they're just behind Leon. Let me just... I've got... Sorry, Lille. They're a point Lille. behind Lille. Um, at the moment, so they, and they're only a point ahead of Monaco. Yeah. So there's still a lot to play for in France as well. So this tie has got everything for me. It's how hard do you go at the Champions League? Two clubs that really need to win it at this point. They've been up and about for ages. They should Dom, they should have won one there? between them. Yeah. So between the two of them, the amount of money they spent, the money that flows through the club, they should have won one at least in the yeah, last few, four or five years. Well. It's so absolutely, it's, especially it's, with PSG it's pretty making crazy. the final last year. I think with PSG making the final. My yeah. question to you two boys, is it, is it City's final year to win one? Is this the window? Uh, the Pep Guardiola nah. window to finally win one? Like, is this it, the last chance? Or do you you think mm, Pep's going to hang around enough definitely time not. to do it again? And do you think that PSG will be in this position again in the future? I think both clubs will, personally. But I think it's worth putting out there, especially if Pep yes, wants they to should the be. scenery soon. But... It'd be interesting. I, I'm. Is your yeah. my prediction? Well, my prediction. My question would be: If City do win it this year, do you think Pep leaves? Nah, uh, I think it's still too much for him to try and do. Uh, yeah. Just, if they do win it, he wants to go. I think he wants to wants to ma- manage in a World Cup. So. He he wants one badly. Yeah, but he he, he badly wants, he wants one to bring one to City. He wants one huge. That's what he's won. What four or five league titles. Sorry, no, no, not there. He's one of what, two, no, three here? About two or three. Two, I think this is so. his third? That's his third? Be his third? Yeah, I think, yeah, right. I think this yeah. is three. Yeah, and that's so much rests on it. And because they've, they've won, what, five or six now, the, the Champions yeah, League is what they want. That's what the owners want. Alrighty, so from City, my big thing with Man City is just how. How do they line up? Who starts? Does Jesus start through the middle? Does Foden start through the middle? There's so many questions. Does Sterling actually get a game as well? Like, I think they're just all over the place him. at the moment. Jeez. I think yeah, you have you to play Sterling, play. especially away. Oh, the, actually, I take that back. I think away from home, you can leave him for the last 20 minutes off the bench, exploit with pace to get you an away goal if you need it. I do think at home, you're definitely playing because you probably need to score at home and you might as well start very quick, fast-paced. It depends which way you want to go about it because you could say the same thing away from home. Horses for courses, as you say. But... Um, I think Phil Foden does his best work through the 10, and I think he's going to start in the 10, and then it'll be Sterling alongside probably Mares. No, De Bruyne? De Bruyne, if he's fit, should be fit. De Bruyne played the yeah, cup I think final. He's I, think he's, I think he's fine. Um, I think he's... Good well, well, let's go, should we do a lineup? Yeah, let's go for it. Should we so, do a lineup? Um, yeah, I'll start. So I've just got 
actually before we go into lineups I've got the two legs between Dortmund and City up so they, they did change system so in the away leg they went 4-3-3 and that's obviously to try and to control a bit more of the game yeah and the difference was Bernardo so Bernardo Silva in the 4-2-3-1 started up front and in the second leg he dropped back into midfield so that's the only um, t- the change there and De Bruyne who started in the 10 then played as like a false 9 I think for the first leg they probably go 4-3-3 knowing they're away chasing a goal I agree I think it's something similar to Edison Walker Stones Diaz and then I'm not sure who played left back this morning if it was Mendy I'll see if I can uh, Cancelo played yeah, inverted Cancelo played left back this, right. this yeah. so that's who I predicted but Mendy yeah um, that's what I predicted for the final. So yeah. I think he probably stays true with Cancelo. Then I think it's yep. probably a midfield three of Gundogan, Rodri, and then probably Bernardo Silva. And then I, I think, because I've had so many issues with his striker thing, it wouldn't surprise me if De Bruyne starts up front like he did against Dortmund and then have Mares and Foden running off him. That's my line. Yep. That's my line. That's... That's my. I've I have got to agree one hundred percent. Slightly different lineup, I think, away from home, but it is dependent on who plays up top and who doesn't. Um, I think there's a few variations on this as well. I think the back four will be exactly the same, Paul, if not Mendy at left back. I do think it's going to be a four-three-three personally as well with Rodri in the six and Gundogan out there at centre mid. It just depends where you want to play Bernardo Silva. Now, Bernardo Silva could play in the middle. Phil Foden could play in the middle. Um, as well. It depends if you want to start Mares. I think he's going to start Bernardo Silva out wide for this game. De Bruyne is going to come in if he's fit and play in the middle with Phil Foden in front of him in um, as well. Or Sorry, other way around. De Bruyne playing in the nine, Phil Foden in the middle. And then he could start Sterling out on the left-hand side. Uh, it also depends if he wants to play Jesus. So I think for me, it's going to be Edison Walker... Uh, the back four that we mentioned, there's no point me reading it out. Rodri, Silva, Gundigan. I'm going to guess Mares, De Bruyne, Sterling. Um, and then obviously Phil Foden is in the middle there with Gundigan and yeah. Rodri. No, PSG? No, Bernardo Silva. Um, sorry, actually, no, change that. Mares off, Bernardo Silva out there at right wing coming on the yeah. left. Yeah, he loves Pep loves yeah, Bernardo. He, lo- he loves that. Pep. He loves Bernardo. Yeah, regardless, I think Bernardo starts, whether it's in the middle or whether it's out wide. But yeah, he's shown a lot of lo- lot of faith in him. Yeah, faith he does. In Pep has. Yeah. He's, a, he's an unreal player. Deserves it. This is where now I'm stuck a little bit as well. So PSG, I think they've shown I've got in one. big games yeah. they're going to go 4-2-3-1, I think. So mm-hmm. the defence is going to be really tough to pick. I've got no idea who plays out wide. I think it's probably Kazara and Florenzi. Probably, with, yeah. Is, like, is, um, oh, what's his name? Marquinhos, is he injured? Like, nah, he wasn't in the match day uh, squad I think against... he's injured. He's injured, yeah. He's he injured. wasn't in the match day I reckon squad they go against Kim, Mets. Yeah. So I reckon yeah, he goes Kim Pembe and Kera. Yeah, that's who they started with against Mets at the weekend. Yeah. So then I'm going to say it's probably going to be Paredes and was... So Pereira was an unused substitute against Mets. And I think if you're going with two defensive midfielders, Paris you're probably starts, going. Yeah. You're probably going. Like I don't think Idrissa Guy didn't play either. Both of them didn't come on at all. Mm. It would not surprise me if Poch did play those two as like a six and an eight. If he wants to play him in a four-two-three-one, I agree. Yeah, so if that's where to, I'm going. If he wants to play four-three-three, he 
He can't. I'm play. going to front four of Mbappe, Neymar through the middle with Di Maria on one side on the right. There's not really anyone else other than Julian Draxler to probably play off the left. That's my team. I've got a bit of a different team. Yeah, give Read us it. to it, Dom. So I think he's going to go Verratti with Idrissa Guy in that middle. Then Neymar is a 10 and Killian is a 9 with Di Maria and Moise Keane on the wings because he's shown faith in Keane as a winger. Yeah, I haven't seen much of Moise Keane play at all, so that's why I'm a bit hesitant. But I know apparently he's had a really good season though as well. He's actually Yeah, he's been playing out on the left. Up. Okay, fair enough. That makes sense then. I'm going to go he started against slightly Bayern. different. I'm going to go 4-2-3-1 at home with PSG. I think the back four is the same as what Paul was mentioned previously. I think Pereira and Idrissa Gay, considering they did not play on the weekend, do play. I actually think it's going to be Di Maria on the right, Draxler in behind in the 10 with Neymar on the left with Mbappe through the middle. I think that they're going to really look to come down that left-hand side a big time and target Kyle Walker right back who likes to bomb on and then um, get Neymar running at him, getting him tracked, you know, uh, tracking back. And then obviously Di Maria loves coming inside and halving the pitch from the right-hand side because he's so left-footed. And I think they'll play very, very, very much down the left-hand side um, and allow whoever they play at right back to really bomb on. Yeah, so let's move from teams to predictions. So let's go probably across both legs here. Who do you think comes out on top over two legs, PSG and Man City? Start us, hmm. Oh, I'm going to go... How do you split this one? I'm going City. I think this is the year. So I'm going to back in City as well. So I reckon they do enough over in France. So sorry about that. There might be a bit of a delay here because I'm going to have to edit the audio. We did lose Dom briefly there. Yeah, I'm back. Yeah. yeah, yeah beautiful. Yeah. So... I think City over two legs just managed to get the job done. So before yeah. the boys continue with their justification, I've got some some data here. Both sides have won four of their last five league games. In this Champions League season, I think both teams are actually, they're both averaging 2.1 goals um, in the Champions League with City scoring 17 of those inside the box and four outside the box where PSG have scored 19 inside the box and two outside the box. So really splitting hairs at this point. It almost, for me, this is going to be a tie that's going to come down to away goals, I think. That's going to be the the yeah, main I, I'm with bit you, here. I think, you know, what you want to know what I think, boys? I actually think we're going to go and need the full amount of time. We're going to need extra time. It would not surprise me if this tie would be one of the greatest ties ever played in Champions League history. It goes down to a shootout to see who gets into the final. I reckon it's going to be PSG City, both teams drawing two all home and away, both legs. Um, and I'm going to say City in a shootout in the second leg. Yeah, beauty. So that seems pretty convincing from us that City will probably meet the winner of Chelsea and Real Madrid. So let's move on. I'm just going to talk about Real Madrid briefly and then we'll sort of dive into Chelsea, which is the reason why we've got Dom with us today. So Real Madrid in the league have won three out of their last four games, but they've also used four different formations in the league within that. So they've gone a 4-3-3, a 4-1-4-1, a 4-2-3-1 and a 3-4-3. 
In the Champions League, they used a 4-3-3 against Liverpool in both legs. Correct. Where they used a 3-5-2 and a 4-3-3 against Atalanta. From 18 goals, they've scored 16 inside the box and they're averaging 1.8 per game. And the big team news for Real Madrid is that Tony Cruz will be back. So that might dictate them playing a three-man midfield. I think I personally think that's the reason why they've been chopping and changing a lot. I do too. So I think he is a huge inclusion for this tie. So other than that, I didn't I was surprised uh, that we didn't put up more of a fight against Real Madrid in I our think, knockout tie. I think that, I think we've been I wouldn't say we've been a little unlucky. I thought we were really poor in Madrid, right? And I'm looking at that game right now. That's what's on my screen. Um, and obviously, they lined up 4-3-3. Tony Cruz played in that game as well, by the way, in the first oh, yeah. leg. Um, and I think that's ex- this team that I'm looking at right now is how they're going to probably line up um, first leg against Chelsea. You know, Courtois, Vazquez, Militao, Nacho, Mendy, uh, Cruz, Casemiro, Modric, Asensio, Benzema, and Vinicius Jr. Um, I think that's how they're going to line up again. I think if you look back at that first leg, Liverpool and Patches played really well, but we were dead awful in the first half. Um, and obviously, Alisson should probably do better for Junior's second goal. Um, you know, Trent had a pretty poor game too. I think it was more us being really poor on the day than Madrid beating us. Which, uh, you know, that's credit to Madrid playing a good system and playing some solid football. I think at the second leg, if you look back at Liverpool's chances, Liverpool should have been 1-0 up inside a couple of minutes. So they missed a big one. We missed a few chances first half as well. I think that that second leg was just crying out for a Liverpool first half goal. And if they got that, it would have been right game on. It never happened. Um, So I wasn't overly convinced with Madrid over the two legs. I do feel as a Liverpool fan, maybe I'm being a little bit biased, I feel like if we had our time again... I mean, just if things went our way a little bit, Salah scores that chance inside two minutes at home or we weren't as horrid in the first half against Madrid in Madrid, we should have probably beaten Madrid. Um, it also sums us up this year as well. But I think that's where you go to Madrid and just say, you've got a man in charge that knows how to win big games of football. Like Zidane is maybe not the most decorated manager in like, as in tactically, but this guy knows how to set up a team to win big games. And, you know, he kept Liverpool scoreless at Anfield. Um, And I just think that the experience of him, these are a bunch of boys that have been here before where Chelsea is under a new manager and is going to, you know, Tuchel's big man, but I don't think this Chelsea squad really has. I feel like Madrid should be favourites to go through. I feel like they're going to line up in this 4-3-3 that I'm looking at too that I listed before. And I feel like if Tony Cruz is fit, ready, and ready to pull strings, I feel like... Madrid will be very hard to break down and also know how to score. And good luck to them. I think they're final bound. Yeah, I think... Oh, I don't know. This is tough. Um, just on my gut feel, I'm leaning the other way. I've been really impressed with what I've seen from Chelsea since Tuchel's taken over. I have And I'm too. looking in the Champions League in the last five games, they've conceded two goals like doesn't matter who, they're, who they've beaten to get there. But Porto, you could argue, were the weaker side in that quarterfinal group. But you still have to go and beat them. Exactly. And it only took a 95th-minute bicycle kick for Chelsea to lose that second leg. So, Dom, whilst we've got you here, mate, what what are your thoughts on this tie? Where do you think Chelsea is going to come through and take this over two legs? Well, I've got to try to take my bias hat off, but... 
being completely unbiased, I do think we can do it, especially with how Tuchel, how he sets up. I think he'll out-tactic, he'll out-tactic um, Zidane. Does that make sense? He'll out-tactic Zidane. Yeah. You're cutting out as you were talking, so I'm not sure how you said it. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. So I think I think we'll get the win. I think, tactically, Tuchel's ahead of I Zidane. I might have lost Dom again. I'm not hearing much at Hello? the moment. But uh, uh, there you are, you're back. If you're back, Dom. If you keep talking, your audio will yes. up and we'll edit it out. Yes, sorry. Uh, I think uh, Tuchel is tactically ahead of Zidane at the moment, and that's where the difference will be. I think that Dom's pretty fair in his assessment. Uh, I just, for me, it's how important the experience is. You know, Zidane has been here with these group of players before, or like well, this Real Madrid side. Not the exact eleven, but he's been here and done it. Well, I think Tuchel is new. I'm really don't before I continue. I'm really impressed with what he's done, and I really do think. And I put it in the prediction in the podcast. We had a question about next year's Premier League. It was last podcast podcast before Paul that we had to predict the Premier League for next year, and I really do think yeah. City could be there thereabouts. Uh, I just think there's a bit early on in the piece for Tuchel and this City. I mean, this Chelsea side, sorry, to come up against Madrid. I don't think Madrid are overly great, but I think it's going to be one of those ties where if Chelsea don't score and keep a clean sheet at home, I just think that's going to be really difficult. And I personally think that Madrid will score eventually. Not because I think Chelsea's poor defensively. I just think Madrid are one of those sides just knows how to find a way. And yeah, I think the one thing I can draw on there is the Di Matteo effect. So that is correct. Chelsea yeah. were struggling. I know it's a bit, you know... It's not. It's, a, it's an example that you can use, but it's, it's a one in a million example. So you never know. I think, you know, Werner scoring at the weekend could be massive uh, for Chelsea. Uh, I just think the way that they play, it's just it's a system that does hold up in Europe. So, look, this tie for me has a lot of questions that need to be answered over two legs. It's going to be absolutely interesting to watch the tactical battle between Tuchel and Zidane and I think tactically this game's going to have more to it than the PSG City game where that's going to be just two gun teams just flying at each other where this side, this tie is going to take that strategy and who's going to break first and who's going to move away from what's got them to this position so that's why I think that this is going to be my prediction is that I think over two legs Chelsea get the job done because I think defensively they are good enough, and I think Madrid's the team that's probably going to crack first. I so what do you, yeah, Dame, start with you, then we'll go. So Dom said he reckons they're going to win over two legs. Dame, yeah. you said Real Madrid, so I think it is going to be sort of Madrid. But I do echo what you say, Paul. I think where the City and the PSG game is one for the neutrals because it could be so exciting, free flowing football. This game is going to be one for those that like that tactical battle, you know, the coaches out there. Because you're going to sit here, watch two systems go at it. It's going to be a little bit more pragmatic, I think, as well. I think there's going to be a, a tie where it's all going to be dependent on what Real Madrid want to do in, in England, right? If Madrid want to sit up, set up and not concede in England, I expect City, City Chelsea to, you know, kind of be in that 3-5-2. They'll look to go, but Chelsea at the same time won't want to give an away goal. So what, this is where I think that this first, they could be a nil-nil. And then it's going to be all about at what point did Chelsea want to get the away goal, obviously, in Spain. 
Um, and when do Madrid want to go out there and try win the tie as well? I, I'm going to put it out there. I reckon it's going to be a 2-1, 2-1, um, 1-0 sort of aggregate score over the two legs. Could go either way. I'm just going to put Madrid solely on the basis that Zidane knows how to make finals and win finals. And so where Tuchel hasn't done it with Chelsea, uh, I think that's just going to be the, one of the determining factors. But I would not be surprised in the least that Chelsea can get there. I just feel sorry for whoever makes the final because I think if it's PSG or uh, City, they're up they're up against it because I think PSG yeah. or City will win this easy this year. So keep in mind, so the first leg of this tie is in Spain and I think that plays into Chelsea's hands the best. Oh, that, that's huge yep. for Chelsea, correct? Yeah, so I think they what set I've up said, shop. What I've said, by the way, break. flip it. Pardon? What I said, flip it, because I think I said that accidentally that the first leg was in London. I, I meant oh, the other okay, way. Yeah. I meant that Chelsea are going to come and sit up and not try and concede in Spain, and then it'll yeah. be up to Chelsea to go win it in London, where I think that it'll be vice versa for Madrid. Yeah, it's going to yeah. be very, very intriguing. So I, I'm i predicting a City-Chelsea final, which I think Dom is as well, and Damo is predicting potentially a City-Madrid final. So it's going to be very, very interesting to watch over the next two weeks moving forward in the Champions League. So we're going to touch on the Europa League now. So should we start with Arsenal? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to keep battering Arsenal, but Shout we need to have a chat Russell, about Arsenal. He's listening to this. We're about to yeah. absolutely batter your boys. Yeah, so I think... The big question is who starts in goal? Does Burn Leno start in goals or does Matty Ryan? Dame, we'll get your sort of thoughts on that first and then I'll move to Dom about his thoughts over this tie. As a goalkeeper coach, it should be Matt Ryan. As a neutral, it should be Matt Ryan. And if you're the Arsenal manager, it should be Matt Ryan personally. I think the Leno mistake highlights what I think as a goalkeeper coach is a technical error Leno has picked up in his game. One of those bad habits that you just pick up if you're just playing. Um, when he goes to set and you watch it for the goal, he actually sets and then he spreads his legs wide and from that area he can't really move and that's why it creates that gap between his legs that concedes the own goal, right? It's a really horrid one for a goalkeeper. It looks horrid. It is horrid. The ground wants to swallow you up. I think that if you look at Matt Ryan, he's been training so well from the reports that you hear out of Arsenal. Um, there's a couple sessions on Arsenal's YouTube channel of Matt Ryan. He just looks so solid. And then obviously watching the guy play for Australia, I've watched the guy obviously week in, week out in the Prem. He just is a rock solid goalkeeper from a goalkeeper coaching perspective. Um, you know, there's a guy in my Twitch channel that, uh, you know, does work as an English FA coach. I'm not going to name him on here. Um, and he's worked with Matt Ryan in the past, and he, he rates him highly because he's just so technically good at what he does as a goalkeeper, shot stopper, but his feet are so good. I feel like if Arsenal want to pick the keeper that's best in form and is better, and I'm going to say it right now, Matt Ryan is better than Leno, uh, Matt Ryan should start. And that's unbiased. That's just from a pure goalkeeper coaching perspective. That yeah, I think, I think he's better over the both. Point, oh, go for it. No, no, no. I, I, I'm done. I just think oh. Matt Ryan's better. Yeah, so at this point of the season, you got to go with the person in form. You can't try and shoehorn someone into form in a semi-final. And I think he proved it against Fulham, albeit that he didn't have to do much. I think you got to play the guy that's confident, and it's probably going to be detrimental to Leno, but it is what it is. End of the day, Arteta's job's on the line. He's got to play the guys that are going to get the result. So, Dom, what are your thoughts on this tie? Where do you think it's going to go? Because I think you know a little bit about what's going on with Villarreal at the moment as well. Where do you think this Yeah, goes? well, the the funny thing about this, it's Emery's return. Yeah, it's a big bit. If you want to touch on that, yeah. Um, 
That's yeah, crazy. That's crazy. When Arteta's job's on the line and yep. How ironic. Emery's the it could be that his competition. It could be. I was going to say it could be Emery that you know, t- ironically decides the fate of Arteta's job. Arteta, yeah, go for it. Well, you know they, so they they lost is it this morning our time or yesterday. You know they lost two one to Barca. Um, they're fairly competitive how they against Barca. Yeah, well, I think they they went down to ten men. Uh, what's the centre mid's name? Manu Trugueros. He got sent off. Yes. 60th, 60 odd minutes. So that kind of determined determine the game. Um, how they line up? They got some blood. They got some actually really good players. Some players with Premier League experience, also. So they might know what it's all about. Uh, Foyth from Spurs. Funnily enough, he plays right back there. Raúl Albiol, Paul Torres, Asensio, Alberto Moreno. They got a decent team. Capoue, Gerard Moreno has been on fire this year. Alcacer. Parejo, you know, they got a real good team. I think Solid. there's no reason why. Yeah, there's no reason why they can't beat Arsenal. And we've seen what Arsenal do. If they want to, we don't know what Arsenal's going to turn up at the end of the day. Yeah, that's the big point there. You don't know what Arsenal's going to turn up. You don't know what individual mistakes going to happen. Is Shaka going to go and fly in at someone and get himself sent off? Yeah. Or is Callum Chambers or Rob Holding going to play a silly pass coming out of defence and kick it into someone? That's and then you got to think of Emery. Like you don't win four of these uh, by accident as well. I think he's yeah. like, won three maybe and been in four finals. Yeah, but yeah, he's, he's the king of the competition. The king of the Europa you League. You saw it as as sorry as Liverpool fans. You saw it firsthand. Yeah, yep. against Sevilla back in the day, twenty fifteen. No. I reckon. Yeah, Mister Moreno, you know, what a final! He knows how to win this title. <laughs> and and they actually got Cockerlan Cock- playing for him. Imagine that Cockerlan scream at a send out great. Arsenal. Oh my god, I'd love that so much. That'd be I'm hilarious. just gonna touch on the Villarreal team. You list the players that they have. These are the sort of guys that you just do not want to play against because mm. they have enough experience and enough pluckiness about them. They're all the sort of same mold. They're not these guys that are super flamboyant, super like, oh my god, look at me. But these are all sort of guys that are that, that little bit dogged, understand the game, have very good footballing minds. So when they actually go out there and want to win a game of football, they can. Villarreal, for me, if they made the final, even if it's against United, I still think could win it from here. And I honestly think my prediction is Villarreal will beat Arsenal to make the final. I And another thing, these Villarreal lads, they have nothing to lose. They're not. They're, it's yeah. all on Arsenal. They can Good go out and just play, whereas Arsenal, Arsenal have the pressure on them. They've been dreadful in the league. They've been good in the Europa League, but you know, all the pressure's on them. Yeah, they're, think... they're, what, 10th ten, ten, in the league? Nothing to play for yeah, in the no, league. They, they need this. They want to get back into the Champions League. They're out here joining the U, uh, European Super League. What for? They're 10th. They're not a super team. Yeah, I 100% agree. And that's where I was going next was Villarreal need this as much as Arsenal do. So for as much as everyone's saying that Arsenal need this, Villarreal sits 7th and they are miles behind Champions League. And they're a club mm. that's obviously not part of the big four in Spain. But, nope. you know, they, if they want to compete... They're a good team. They're Historically, they're a good team. team. Yeah, and they've yeah. been around the mark and those pl- long enough. Yeah, those players are listed. They aren't. They're not nobodies. Mm. Like I agree. They're, they're, these are the sort of guys that if you went to five aside and you've watched them play before, and you have a pretty good team, you know you're up against it because as much as you have a good side, you're playing against guys that have been there, been around the mark in the top flight of football, and know how to play football. And to be fair, they have a manager that knows how to win 
things. Like it's like me with Madrid and Zidane. It, it you know Emery is the sort of guy that knows how to win the Europa League. And I think that in the semi-finals where you you're not splitting hairs, but it's pretty close. That experience for me plays a big part. And I do think where I tipped Madrid to get past Chelsea on the basis of that, I'm actually going to chip Villarreal to do it over Arsenal tactically, and just because they just they know what they have to do to do it. Where for me, Arsenal side that you just don't know what you're going to get, and that inconsistency for me is probably going to be their undoing here. Yeah, I think for Arsenal, it depends on what happens in the away leg. So if Arsenal go and lose convincingly away. I don't think they are good enough to recover that deficit. But if I'm just having a look now to see where the is first Arsenal leg is, home and it first? is away. No, nah, it's so in Spain first, which is massive for Arsenal. So if they can come away with a draw or even a one nil loss, Arsenal are good enough at home to probably go and win by two or three in the second leg. So I think I'm yeah, go gonna on. lean the other way. I think Arsenal get the job done. We saw it two years ago when they played Chelsea in the final. They managed to get it done against Valencia and Napoli in the quarter and semi-finals. So I think the quality that Arsenal have overall will probably shine through at home. They'll probably score three at home, and as long as they don't concede two or three away, then they'll be in the driver's seat. What was that, Dan? I reckon, personally, I'm a big believer, by the way, that most teams would prefer to play the second leg at home so you already know what you've done the away leg first, away from home. I'm a big believer in that. I'm pretty sure you would be too, Paul, that it's a massive advantage. Yeah. I actually think if you Villarreal yeah. against Arsenal, you know exactly where you stand after the first leg, so you know how you have to approach it in London. I actually think this is one of the very few instances where you're actually really happy to have the first leg at home first because you know Sorry, exactly t- if yeah. Arsenal have scored, you know exactly if you need an away goal, you know exactly how you have to set up to do a tactical job away against one of the bigger boys if you perceive it like that. Um, and I think if you're Villarreal, you're good enough to keep Arsenal scoreless because they're not overly great on their day. You're good enough to score at home and you're probably good enough to set up in a way to frustrate Arsenal in the second leg. I think this game is very dependent if Arsenal score an away goal. If that's if this game finishes 0-0, 1-0 uh, um, Villarreal, I actually think Villarreal will do a job in England very, very well and can probably withstand pressure. I actually think if Arsenal get an away goal, it's going to make it pretty difficult for Villarreal. So I think this first leg will be very dependent on what who goes through to the final. I'm going to predict Villarreal to win the first leg in Spain and then get a draw in England and get through. Okay, Dom, what were you going to say? I was say I, I'd like I'd prefer my coach. I want to play my second leg at home. If it goes to extra time, you get thirty was it thirty minutes at home again? Yeah, that's massive, and that's why they're changing it next year as well. They're getting rid of the. Away goals after what is it, 180 minutes, Stupid which makes rule. sense. Everybody here agrees to that because I do. Yeah, yeah. nonsense. It's rule. such an advantage in the second leg to play an extra half an hour. It's beyond a joke. And I'm surprised it's taken them this long to actually, you know, realise it. But anyway, Don, what do you reckon happens over two legs here in this tie? <sighs> I'm gonna go Villarreal. Alrighty, and I'm, it leaves my prediction there. As I sort of said, I see Arsenal going through in this tie. I see them probably drawing. Whoopsie daisies. I see them drawing as I dropped my pen. I see them drawing in Spain and then getting a win at the Emirates. So I'm not prepared to put a, a score line, but if I am to put a score line, let's say if they draw nil nil away, that's a big ask for Arsenal to keep a clean sheet. 
I think they draw 0-0 away, and then I think they go home and win 2-0 or 2-1 at the Emirates. So, Look, stranger things one. have happened, Paul. Uh, you know, Arsenal keeping clean sheet and you making 30-foot birdie pots. You know, that could happen. <laughs> you never know. There's always <laughs> a potential. You want to tell the so, podcast about your birdie putt quickly? Nah, we'll, we'll let that one simmer for a golf episode, I think. Okay, easy. So what we'll do is we'll move on to the last tie out of the European games for this week, which is Roma Man United, which is one that probably doesn't jump out as much as it should because... Roma have been in and around it for the last couple of years. I think last year they sort of went a bit AWOL, but over the last few seasons, they've been around a few semifinals. Obviously, 2017, they made the Champions League semifinal against us, um, which was quite a while ago now. But Allison. it's still quality. Yeah, Allison was obviously part of that team with my boy Manolas. Yes. I remember him scoring against Barcelona in the quarterfinal. Uh, but what do you think, Dame? Where, where does this tie go? Because uh, I know the reason sort of why I think it doesn't jump out on the screen is because Rome have had such an indifferent year. They're seventh in the Serie A this year. Um, you know they haven't been really uh, around the mark to win a Scudetto in a while, right? But uh, they haven't won in their last three. They've won two games in their last seven, and you compare that to Man United, who have looked. I wouldn't say Man United look convincing in England, but they have been winning games of football. So that's four the reason the why. Five. Yeah, I, but have they looked convincing now for that last five? Don't have to. They're getting results. Exactly though. That, that's that's the point. Is that where Roma have been dead poor? United have won four of their last five. So that's the reason why it doesn't jump out in your screen because it's not two teams in form. Roma aren't exactly the team that had the reputation back of years ago. I still think Roma will be very dogged and will be quite a challenge to get over, especially in Italy. I just think United, and it's sad to say this, have a bit more quality than what Roma do at the moment. And because yeah. of that, I think United are going to get through winning both legs. And United, yeah, I think, I are odds on to win the whole thing, really. They should be. Yeah, they're definitely the strongest side that's left in this tournament. Come on, Villarreal. Yeah, we'd love a Villarreal. Come on, Villarreal. Yes. But it's going to be hard. So, look, end of the day, Man United aren't playing for Champions League football either at this point, you know, sitting second in the Premier League. But I find it very, very hard to see either of these three teams knocking Man United off. Don, what do you reckon? Uh, Yeah, I think United got this tie, but I hope I'm wrong and I see them winning the title. Yeah, so look, not much to talk about there. So sorry about our, for our United supporters. I think it's pretty um, pretty cruisy for them. Over the two sorry legs our Arsenal supporters, the final. The, sorry our Arsenal supporters for grilling them again, but it's just so easy. <laughs> look, it's, that's going to become a uh, common trend, I think, on this I podcast. I think Arsenal fans are quite used to it. They probably deserve it by now. So yeah, there you go. Alrighty, so we've got a special little bonus topic for us to focus on today, which... We will cover with a little bit of depth, but I reckon we'll probably touch on it more in the next couple of weeks as it starts to heat up a bit more. We're going to have a bit of a chat about the playoff running in the championship briefly. So at the moment, as things stand, Norwich are top with Watford in second and they're locked and loaded, ready for Premier League football for next season. Good to see both of them back, by the way. I think that's really nice to see. Uh, especially I disagree. Fan. Really? You disagree, Dom? Let me know why. I'm sick of these clubs yo-yoing. And but Paul, they're, we they're talked about it the other day. That are just historically yo yo oh, every new clubs. time. Who do you want to see? Yeah, give, 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 me, give, give me, give me a, a Brentford. Brentford. Oh, yeah, Brentford look, and Barnsley. Look, for me, I would love to see Brentford go win the. How playoff. good is it seeing new clubs join when come into the league and then actually stay up? Brighton. 
Yeah, but you got to... Oh, look, I'm going to put a stat out there. I'm not going to put a stat out there. I'm going to put an observation out there. Um, clubs that come up from the championship into the Premier League and try and play an attackive brand of football generally stay up more than clubs that try to hold on and survive. Brighton have actually come in and tried to implement a philosophy of playing a possession-based, flowing football sort of system in their first couple of years um, that they've been up. They've sort of achieved it, sort of haven't, but that mentality is the reason why they're still there. A lot of these yo-yo clubs... If they try to do that, I think could actually stay up, but a lot of them get drawn into the nitty-gritty of, oh, we want to just stay up, and then they go down because they don't have the quality. Yeah, well, I'm just I think Watford, sorry, yeah, <laughs> Watford, I, think, I see Watford staying up, but Norwich, they'll be down next year. Look, you, you, I love yeah. seeing Norwich come up, Paul. We're Liverpool fans. That means a guaranteed four goals a game. No, I'm just sick bring, of bring Norwich, back. watching that stupid kit, their crap stadium, and just the crap football. Like, they're just... Nothing. Like, they're just a nothing club. They're too good for the championship. They're not good enough for the Premier League. Can someone just invest in them and just make <laughs> make them just Premier League quality? Because if they're going to hang around, I've got no issue with them hanging around. It's just the constant, they take one promotion spot every two years and Fulham takes yep. the other spot on the off year. Yeah, 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 in the off year, you, Fulham always watch, do too. You, I've never, I feel like I've never seen them play each other because one year, one's in the championship, one's in the Premier League. Yeah, yeah they oh, barely Relegated, promoted. Do. <laughs> it, it's really just, weird. They're just, I, just sick of these yo-yo clubs. Yeah, I agree. I'm at the point where I've got a little bit of an attachment with Brentford. Obviously, for those that have been long-term viewers of my content, we did have the Brentford save last year on FM 21, and that's where I'm going to start with with our little discussion. So we're going to try and predict who's going to come up with the two that are already guaranteed automatic promotions. So I'll just run through the fixtures that these clubs have left and then we'll make an assessment before we move on to our questions for this week's podcast. So Brentford actually have a, a game extra to play. They've got a game in hand and they are in third. So this could be massive just for the, the positions that team finish. So Brentford play Rotherham midweek this week who are 22nd. Then they have Watford, who are 2nd, and Bristol, who are 18th. Bournemouth, who are 4th, have Wickham, who are bottom, and Stoke, who are 13th. Swansea have Derby, who are 21st, and Watford, who are 2nd. And Barnsley have Preston North End, who are 14th, and Norwich, who are 1st. So that's the current order of the table. So it's Brentford, Bournemouth, Swansea, Barnsley. Dom, who do you want to see come up, or who do you think... Uh Brentford, I want Brentford, and I think Brentford will come up. Yeah, I'm the same. I, I really look, want Brentford I'm the same to too. come up. They should have come up a couple of years ago. But With Ollie year. Watkins and last Ben year. Rama. Was it last year? Yeah. It, feels last like, year. it feels like forever ago, but they really should have. COVID, mate. Yeah, COVID, yeah. But um, I, I'm with you, boys. I, I really want Brentford to come up. The only reason why I said it's nice to have these two teams come up is because historically for Liverpool, they're two decent tyres, apart from Watford doing us over once. Um, but I'd love really... to see Troy Deeney banging him in again in the Premier oh, League. Yeah, cheers, mate. Um, Ismail Sar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they've actually look. I, I yeah, that's why I think they'll Watford. stay up. I think Watford can stay up. I got, just I got nothing against them. I got something against Norwich, not Watford. Look, I actually, <laughs> I think what Watford do, and it's, they do it every time, and I hope they don't do it this time. They sack the manager, they get some up, put in another yeah. manager, and then get relegated. I don't get why they do that. Uh, just to go through about guy. three managers a season. Yeah, just keep the guy that's got you up and keep him for the whole year. And if he gets you relegated, then discuss it. Just, you know. Yeah, I agree. Um, but I've got nothing against Watford. I think Watford have the platform. I've been saying it for a while. They have the platform to do what Burnley done. Um, look, I think it's really hard to stay in the Premier League. I also think it's really hard to historically then consolidate yourself in a position where you're never going to get in the relegation sort of fight 
or never really go down. If you look at Burnley, Burnley have come up, they've stuck to a philosophy of football, they've stuck by a manager, and they, they're now a team that you know aren't going to set the world alight, but they're a team that's never going to go down. They're a team if you're the owner of the club is making money and profitable, and you're a team that with the fans know you're going to be in the Premier League year in, year out. That's what I think the, these clubs coming up should strive to achieve first before they try to do anything else. And I actually think Watford have the players to kind of do that. I think Brentford are in a position they can do it. So they've just got a new stadium. They've got a decent squad. They've managed to replace Ollie Watkins really well with Ivan Tony. That's going to be tough. He's a great oh, player. He's a great player. In two years, he's going to go from playing at Peterborough in League One to playing Premier League football potentially. Who? So that's my concern. Is the jump going to be too big for him? They definitely need to go and invest. Try and grab some guys that have gone from the relegation size, maybe just to bring some of that proven. Well, they have to get up quality. first. Yeah, but you don't you don't want to be doing that because those players got relegated for a reason. Yeah, you know, go yeah, go overseas. That's a fair point. You probably get better deals, better quality players overseas as well. That's a yeah, fair point, Dom. Mm. So, what yeah, do we think, think the ladder's going to be here? Oh, that's too hard to pick because then you got Brentford's playing Rotherham, who are playing for to, for survival, and that means just as much as promotion. I think it's just going to stay the same. I honestly do. Yeah, I'm of I the think, same opinion. I think Swansea and Barnsley just have such a tough run in because they're playing Watford and uh, Norwich, Barnes. aren't they? In the last game of the yeah. season, both of them. Yeah. So they don't. I don't think they're going to win either of those last two games. Who knows? Maybe because they've got nothing to play for, they both win. Um, I think Brentford's run home's the easiest, and if they win all three games, they're going to finish third. And it's just like Bournemouth knowing that, okay, Swansea and Barnsley are going to lose on the last day. doesn't matter what we do. We're going to stay fourth, um, which means that you're going to have Brentford play Barnsley, which is a shame because you want one of them. Well, it's a shame in the way that I would love both of them to make the final and have one of these boys come up. But it's also, yeah, but it's yeah. also a good thing knowing that Brentford or Barnsley will be in the final to contest it. And then you've got Bournemouth, Swansea, two yesteryear teams of the Premier League. There's there's part of me that would like to see Swansea come back just for the sake that it's Swansea. Mm. But I think they'll also be one of these yo-yo teams that we don't dis, that we yeah. dislike. Um, and historically, actually, Liverpool aren't particularly great against Swansea, so I'd rather them stay down. You can't look at it that way, Damo. Take your bias hat off. <laughs> oh, mate, I'm the most biased one here. Oh, you never walk We on. know. Um, just big... quietly... Uh... Oh, uh, Bournemouth. They, if you look at their side, they still got some Premier League quality, quality players. Yeah, I think it's going to be a Brentford Bournemouth final, and we're going yeah, to see one of them come up. Make, would make for a good final. It would, and have you seen his coach at Bournemouth these days? Who is Jonathan Woodgate? Oh, hey, oh, <laughs> Man, what a name! I think the big game in this running is Brentford Watford next or this weekend coming. That's the big game for Huge. me. If Brentford go and beat Watford, who are already up. That's a statement to the other, well, the the other, other three, three clubs. Yeah. So that's where I'm sitting. I'm sitting on a Brentford-Bournemouth final with hopefully Brentford getting up. I agree. I think we're all sort of of the same opinion. Yes. Yeah, Dom, you're the same? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. head and heart. Yeah. yeah uh, hopefully hopefully Brentford do a bit of what a Leeds did and crumble the first year that they should have come up and then get the job done second time around. So... Hopefully you guys have enjoyed our little playoff predictions. We might go back over that in maybe a fortnight's time, Dame, just to see where we're at and give a bit of an updated view on what we think is going to happen. If we can the get, if we can get uh, Shadow or Dim Sim who will listen back to the podcast, our trusty mods, to pin our predictions in the chat. I think they're pretty easy to say that it's going to be the same table as it is, and it's going to be a Brentford, yeah. 
Bournemouth final. If you could pin them in the chat, we can run over that in two weeks' time when the table's locked and loaded. Um, and let's see how close we got to predicting the six being as the same as they are. Um, and yeah. then obviously on, for the playoff final, we might chuck it into that podcast that week to preview the final as well. Yeah, just in case things have changed or whatever happens, happens. Yeah, exactly. So we're very, very lucky, boys, because today we've got seven questions to go through from our lovely viewers. So the guys have gotten around leaving us some questions. So what I will do, we'll start, what I've done is I've segmented them up by who has brought them in. So Russo has got a few for us. So Oh, not this guy. Who is, who is closer to a league title between Spurs and Everton? Russo's a Spurs fan. Isn't Russo a Spurs fan? I reckon he is. It's a biased question, Russo. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's uh, a biased question. Uh, Everton. Yeah, I agree. Wow, you, you both agree with Everton over Spurs as closer to a league title? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay, yes. can, can I... They've got Ancelotti. Can I... Ancelotti is a proven... Ancelotti is a proven... Coming. Please proven talk manager. about this for five minutes. What, what, why do you think Spurs are ahead of Everton? What Look, shows you they're ahead? If you are yep. a footballer of world football, what club do you know more reputably over the last five years? Spurs, Everton. You say Spurs. They've been to a Champions League final a couple of years ago. I know you're going to tell what me managers have changed. What club a at the moment? Yeah, but for me as a footballer, you know you're going to play in a world-class stadium. You've got players that are still there that are currently world-class. Everton are building one right now. It's ready for next season. Look, for me... I think if you look, were a player that had a choice between Spurs and Everton, you would say Spurs is more reputable at the moment and you would go to Spurs. Who's their manager? I also Why? would say their that manager also is two years older than me. On who they get as manager. Now, do I think they're going to get a top-class manager? No. But I do think it's going to be an easier job with Spurs money and if Harry Kane goes to build a team that's going what to be money? very competitive. That's, Harry, Kane, Harry Kane's going to leave. So they're going to have tons of money. Is, right? is he? Yeah, he's gone. He, he's not staying yeah. if they don't make Champions League. I agree with that. Right, but I, I don't think they get that much money for him anymore. I think I think they get market. I think they get a heap for him personally. But I Who think personally, it? they have got a base there at Spurs. Just no manager, no direction. If you could get the right manager in, which I think is going to be very hard for them to do, they're in a better spot than what Everton will be. Because you, you've got to tell me, oh, Everton have a base, they've got Ancelotti, they've got a new stadium. Yeah, great. It's fucking Everton, mate. They're not going to be near enough in the next 10, 20 years. Well, I think if Spurs got the right manager and the right players in, they could win it in five years' time. I just don't no. see how Everton's going to get close because teams are going to say, oh, it's Everton, but then you're going to go down to their new stadium, you're going to knock them off anyway because as much as Ancelotti's good, the players that go and play at Everton are never good enough to win the Premier League because it's bloody Everton. I, I know I'm a Liverpool thing, fan, man. and I know I'm not being biased, but you how, are so biased at the moment. Damo, you could say all of those. You could say all those things with Spurs. Yeah. How, how many footballers do you want to go to go to Everton and think, oh, we're going to have a tough game here? Barely ever, mean? unless if you're a Liverpool fan, because they always step up against Liverpool. But I think a lot of teams go to Everton and think we can do a job. You know, they did win on the weekend, but you know they won against a basket case club. Um, yeah, that's point. Yeah, but they're going to get the job done. That's the thing, and obviously, it's not. You can only beat what's in front of you. I think, I think Spurs. It's just a project can... that they can sell. It I think... is a project that is better to sell to a player right now than Spurs. Spurs are going backwards. Everton are trending upwards. They've got the same money. They've got the same facilities. They are. And they've got one of the best managers of this generation. Look, I agree with that. I, I rate Ancelotti exactly. highly. I think Ancelotti is unbelievable. I just think if you're a player, you go, oh, Spurs were in a Champions League final only a few years ago. I can go there and get to another Champions League final if I give it a year or two to get back there. They're nowhere near Champions but League. I, I, look, but for me, I think you could attract the player better that way than you going, come to Everton and the player going, yeah, but what has Everton won? Everton the are the best of the years? rest at the moment. 
Everton is yeah, the best so? of the rest at the moment. You think yes. so? You, you, you wouldn't ahead. say West Ham? Mm, well, That's the a one-season wonder. Part of the rest, but they, yeah, they one season wonder. Top out, of the, out of the, the six Next year, they'll be about players. 13th. Yeah, well, that's a thing with West Ham. Just, you don't know what you're going to get. You get this every year, one-season wonders. Yeah. Leicester, oh, actually, Leicester. So Everton are a yeah, point behind well. Spurs, and they're currently six points off top four. I just think Spurs, because it's Spurs, are in a better what, spot because they're more reputable historically than Everton. Now. You're I thinking am. historically I now. Am. Think what they've basis. got. No, but don't. Then you can't. What what in their current blood of club relates to anything that they've got from their history? Nothing. There's no Pochettino. Players are going to leave. It's a new team. You've got to think of it clean slate. I don't know where Spurs are. That's why I'm backing Everton because Can I know I the direction Everton's going here? in. Can I make a bold prediction here? Yeah, never stopped you before. Um... Neither of these teams will win a Premier League in our lifetime. We will probably die before we see Spurs Everton win a, win a Premier League. They probably won't, but the question is, who is closer? I don't, I'm, I'm not saying who's going to win it. Look, for me, if you're not going to be in that conversation to win it, and we're going to live to what, we're 80, maybe, hopefully, so what, that's 60 years? Six of, six, oh, far out, I'm 25, it's not even 60 years, God. Um, we, if they're not going to be that close to winning it in the next 60 odd years, then what's the point of having the chat about it? I just think that they're both. Well, the question is, who is closer? And well, you have to for say... Me, for me, Spurs, because historically they've been how? closer in the past. They're going to be... It's going to be interesting to see who's closer to winning how it this year. How can you say Spurs, Spurs, Spurs are closer when you don't know who their manager is? That is the end of this discussion. Their, their manager no is two years older than us, Damo. There's no identity to who Spurs are right now. You can't back them. You don't know who they are. You don't know who they've got and you don't know what they're going to do. So that's my opinion. That, that way, this sums Spurs up. There's nothing more Spursy than making a final and sacking your coach yeah, eight days true. before that game. That is true. I get yeah. that. That's why I've got no faith There's in that. There's nothing club. more Evertonian than thinking you're oh, you're on the precipice and then next minute you finish fifteenth. Everton have never had a manager of Ancelotti's quality or the finances exactly. they're going to bring in with this new stadium. That's why I'm thinking from the potential of the project that they're selling and any player around the world can phys- physically see what Everton's built. If you are Daniel Levy, you can't present that same project to a player. And if you're a player, if you're going to get the same money, you're going to back the coach that's won multiple Champions Leagues, multiple leagues around the world and a young he's won, team he's that's won a league in the right direction. He's 100%. won a league title in England already. Anyway, so we'll leave it there. So thanks, Russo, for that first question. Part yeah, of Russell, this question you made us now almost, you almost is made us kill each other. where to now for Spurs? So this is a bit of a biased question from Russo. He, yeah. I've sort of said it. I think I've, I think we've covered it there. I think we can't really comment on Spurs until we know who's the long-term manager and what happens there. Do Kane and Son stay, boys? What happens with those two? They're both gone. Oh, Kane. I think Kane Son gone. stays. I think Son, Son yeah, stays. Exactly. Yeah, the way I he sh- was crying and whatever on the pitch this morning, I think he stays. I think that's what matters. He wants to, him. He wants to bring him a. Yeah. He wants to bring him something. Go for it, Damon. I think you can see how much it means to Son, and yeah. this is why I say that Spurs are probably in a position that I prefer to be in than Everton. Is you've got a world class playing human Son, people will want to come and play with him. Where and they're going to have money to bring in from the Harry Kane deal. Look, do I think Kane stays? There's probably a world where he does. I just don't think it's going to happen this time around. I think he needs to be playing Champions League football. By the way, half a shout, Harry Kane, Liverpool would not be a bad fit. Yeah, but, he wouldn't, he wouldn't no. come to us, right? Harry um, Kane, Man City is a better fit. Yeah, that's where he's going. That's where he wants to go. But um, yeah. I think they've been not great, not bad. They've had years where they've looked okay, but it's been on the potch. 
for me, where to now for Spurs, it's if the right manager becomes available, you snap him up. It's, it's not available yet. So if, even if it's a year of just total rebuild under Mason and then a manager becomes available, you put him in. That will kill the club if they do that. I think that it's just, the club. I think it's one year of her and then a manager becomes available in the window of a year's time and you get him they in. They won't survive a whole season without a proper manager. That's my opinion. Nah. We'll see. Players will leave. Players won't stay if it's Mason for a year. No way. Not guys like Lucas, so you, you Bergwine, don't want to be managed, managed real, by a guy that's younger than 26 you. 26-year-old, 27-year-old. They're old not staying. If he stays, they're not staying. I guarantee you. No. That's a certainty. My, my question is, who can you get, though, as a manager this year? You can't, but who can you get in They the stuffed up. That's what they did. They stuffed up. There yep. was no reason to sack Jose. They were I didn't think there was either. I agree with you. They bottled it. And I think there's the whole story's not out there yet. They guarantee sacked him because he said, I'm not participating in the Super League. Has 100%. To. I'm There's 100% no agree other with reason that literally the day after it got announced, he was gone. Yeah. That's he, not Because he, he would have walked into the boardroom and said, this is not football. I don't like this. Yeah. 100%. And instead of the club looking bad, they just turned around and said, no, nah, we're sacking you. That's exactly it why anyway, That sums up Spurs for me. Anyway. That's enough on Spurs. When the, I'm not Look, for me, Spurs, Spurs anyway. Everton, they're two clubs that are just, well, whatever, anyway. So. They're going to be around the mark. Yeah. They're not going to win it, but they're going to be around the mark. I think, anyway, we'll leave it there. Take a bit what you want, guys, from that. That's a bit of heated discussion from us. Here we go. So I'm going to miss, Russell, one of your questions because we answered it in the last podcast. We did put our predictions in for next season yes, already. But your next question, we'll, we'll just touch over this one quickly because we do have a few more to get through. Out of the young boys at Arsenal, which I've identified as Martinelli, Smith-Rowe, Saka, Balogun and Eddie, who's the best in our opinions? I'll start. I, th- yep. I mean, I'm going to take Saka out of this because Saka's been starting for them all season. So out of the four, Martinelli, Smith-Rowe, Balogun and Eddie and Kedia, I feel it was me and I could have whoever I wanted from that group of four. I'm taking Martinelli. What I reckon, agree. Dom? And Dom uh, I'm taking Smith-Rowe. Throw. It's harder, okay. to fi- harder, to, harder to find a 10 than a winger. Winger? Good yeah. point. And Balogun, haven't seen much of him. Yeah, go Eddie, I don't, I don't think Eddie's going to do anything. Yeah, in his career. Eddie either. Nah, same. No. I'm taking Smith Rowe. It's hard to find a good 10. Good point. Uh, for me, it is out of Smith Rowe, Martinelli. I just think Martinelli has a bigger ceiling. So you take the bigger ceiling of how of good of a potential player you can be. Then out of Smith Rowe is going to be a pretty good footballer, a pretty good technician. But I think Martin Lee's that something that's got that something special. You know, Martin Lee's something yeah. that could win a game by himself. Where Smith Rowe can pull the strings by himself, but I don't think he's ever going to win you the game by himself. Yeah, I agree. So I think both are going to be quality players. Oh, I think that Arsenal should hold very on to different. Both. They're very different as well, so it's hard to judge. So, Dom, this question's actually for you, mate. Um, so, who's oh, really? back three was better for Chelsea? This comes from Dim. Conti's back three, Tuchel's back three, and I don't think Sari played with a back three. No, so, Sari almost... played a 4 3 3 yeah, with he a... did. Yeah, so if yeah. you want to say that the fullbacks bombed on and Kante sat in or whatever, but. No, Jorginho dropped in. No, we didn't oh, really play. But, um... nah. which, which back three do you reckon was better out of Conti and Tuchel? Oh, Conte. We had That's Terry, Azpi, and uh, Cahill. Yeah, yeah, it's got to be them. Tuchel is as good; it has potential to be. If we win the Champions League, it's hard for me not to say Tuchel, but for me, it's Conte. Alrighty, so I th- I'm leaning towards Tuchel's as a whole squad rather than just the setup. Uh, I, I think you. like J- James as a right back is unbelievable. Chilwell versus Alonso, 
pretty similar. Um, and then the midfield and kind of I think the attackers that Tuchel's got at his disposal is probably a bit better than Tuchel has a better squad at his disposal. Yeah, Conte yeah. made it 100% work. agree. I think I think it's. Ask me this in a year when I can see a full. Yeah, yeah. that's what I was about to say. Yeah. I think it's Conte's at the moment, but if Tuchel goes out here, wins the Champions League, or he, he doesn't win the Champions League this year yet, is competitive enough to be in the league title fight next year, then you say it's Tuchel's, don't you? But yeah. then Conte did win a league with it. That is true. Look at the back five he had. I just he had Moses and Alonso playing as Conte won the league. Did he have to deal with such a rampant Man City side though? Or was this Man City side? But a lot the team, that Chelsea team was that not Chelsea team was a title-winning team. Either, that's though. true. No, we had uh, Moses as a wing back. Yeah, very, and yeah, Diego very, Costa just very taking, yeah. taking people for fun. All right, we've got one more question, think, boys. Sorry, can I touch on something? Oh yeah, go for it. Hazard's best Hazard's best years were under Conte. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, hundred percent. Yep. Yeah. Does help. Yeah. So, um, I mean, look, end of the day, you've got Kai Havertz. So, you might, in a year's time, we might be able to say, how's Havertz yeah. under Tuchel done? Too early to say. Hazard yeah. under Conte. There's going to be so many narratives yeah. there. I, I think but this we'll, is a question yeah. for a year. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Let's move on. Last question from JS. Where do we think West Ham are going to finish this year? Who wants to answer that first? Jeez. <laughs> Someone else answer that because I'm uh, not sure. I think they'll fall into a Europa League spot, which is, for them, bloody good effort. Yeah, I agree. I think one of so where they're fifth now, I think they fall fall off the wagon a little bit with the run home. I haven't actually seen their run home just yet, but what one. they've got here, let me see if I can quickly get it. They got Burnley. Not an, not an easy one. They got Burnley. Hard. Then Everton, Brighton. Hard. Yeah. Uh, where are they? West Brom. Yeah. Where's West Ham? Nothing. On the last day, they've got Southampton. So it's not an easy run home. Well, no. I think Liverpool probably jumped them. Yeah. That's not me being biased. I think our run home is probably the easiest out of the, the whole yeah. lot. It's whether Chelsea or Leicester hold on for Liverpool to slot into the Champions League. So what do you reckon, boys? Do you reckon, though, I think West Ham finished sixth overall and comfortably in the Europa League. Go, Dom, can, Leicester crumble it, can Leicester crumble it two years in a row is what we've got to look at. Oh, man, they could. What do you reckon, Damo? As you talk, I'll get Leicester's fixtures. So we yeah, look, I'm going to put on a. Li- I'll go out. Sorry, I'll go out on a limb and say, City, United, Chelsea, Liverpool was the four. Yeah, maybe, Dom. Um, look for me. Yeah. It's tough because I think West Ham's biggest test was the one you lost. They just had the Chelsea, and that was marred by a VAR incident that never should have been a red. But it's one of those ones where VAR looks at it a million times and slows it down. A referee goes over and sees it in super slow-mo, sees where the studs are. But you just you don't see, oh, the guy's gone and kicked the ball. It's not even a follow-through. He's just caught him afterwards. Um, I think if that game was 11 versus 11, Chelsea may not have won that game of football. I think now that West Ham have lost that game of football, I think they finish outside the four. I actually think if West Ham had 11 versus 11 and nabbed that game, West Ham probably would have made the four this year. I think that's going to be come down to one of the defining moments for the four this year. Yeah. Without being biased, and I am quite biased, except for when I actually talk about Liverpool tactically and I put my coach's hat on. Um, without being biased at all, I think we have a better run home. Unfortunately, we just drew this Newcastle. So I would say and Liverpool jump them. Uh, it depends on who else can jump them. The, the Leicester fail... There's a few question marks around a couple of the clubs, obviously around them too, which is obviously us and Leicester. I think they finished fifth or sixth, but it wouldn't surprise me if they snuck in the fourth as well. I'm going to say fifth, but yeah. Don't so you Leicester's guys play United home. coming up? Who, Leicester? No, no, Liverpool. 
Oh, Liverpool, yeah, that's our only tough game for the rest of the that's run That's massive. That, that is massive. I'm just going to put it results. out that every yeah. game for Liverpool at the moment is quite tough because I just don't know how to score. Yeah, exactly. So, look, this is Leicester's run home. So, Palace, Southampton, Newcastle. I think they'd get maximum points there. Nine points. But their last three, in order, United, Chelsea, Spurs. Yeah, see, that's massive for Leicester. If Leicester, by the way, go out there. United, Chelsea is huge, them two. That Leicester-Chelsea game is Absolutely massive. massive. Yeah, oh, Leicester Chelsea's a six pointer. I think that Leicester Chelsea game will sum up who will finish in the four. If Leicester don't take maximum points out of the first, the, the first three Paul mentioned, and then go into that final three games needing points, they're probably not going to make the four, and they would have choked it. I think if you're a Liverpool fan, you can kind of you can't rest easy, but you can kind of have solace knowing that because Leicester's running so hard, West Ham haven't. Been there before, but you know they dropped points against Chelsea, where they were a bit unlucky. I thought with the red card. If you're a Liverpool fan, you're probably going. You're not going to be out of it till the final day to make the four. Where if you're Leicester, you kind of know that you need nine points in the next three games to make sure that you're going to be in the fight for the four. You could find yourselves out of the fight pretty quickly with the final three games they've got. I think if you're a Chelsea fan, Dom, you're pretty confident you're going to make the four from here, just considering the clubs around you and how yeah, badly they're yeah. playing. Don't to jinx it. Don't know jinx it, but yeah. What do you reckon, Dom? Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I think we yeah, should do it. I agree. I think everyone's fighting for one spot. I at think this so point. too. So what we I might love do a, is I love a top four race. How far are we away? We've got what's that? Six games left. So I reckon we'll definitely touch on that maybe in about three weeks' time. So after the championship episode, we might have a Premier League uh, race to. I'll, I'll put my top four, four out there already. Go for it. Okay. And then I'm gonna go. After that, I'll go West Ham. Spurs, Everton. So I reckon my top four is going to be City winning with United in second, Chelsea in third. Biased opinion will be Liverpool in fourth with Leicester and West Ham rounding out my top six. Dane, what do you reckon? This is going to pay me to do, boys. City, United, Chelsea. Leicester finished fourth, Liverpool fifth, West Ham sixth. Yeah, I, just, I, I just haven't been convinced by us. We, 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 we did exactly what I want us to do, score early against Newcastle. We never put the game to bed after watching that game yeah. on a Sunday morning back. Agree with that. Out. I, if we're not going to do it against Newcastle, we're dead horrid. I just As much as we have the easiest run out of the four, as much as I would love yep. to believe that we're going to be in there, and I think it's going to go down to the final day for us as Liverpool fans, I just don't think yeah. we're going to do it this year or as we already have been there. It's hard to have faith with some of your results, as I see that. Yeah, we're just not playing well enough. football at the moment. Well, I'm going to have faith that no matter what, we're going to go down to the final day and knowing Leicester, I've got such a hard run in that we sh- could make the four. I just think that also means that West Ham could probably sneak in there too. So I put us fifth because we've been so horrid. But it would have Yeah, it's going to be a discussion for another day, I think. That's so, same here. From myself, thank you guys for joining us. Dame, Dom, do you want to sign off as well? Oh, thank you, boys. Big Thanks thank you for having Dom. me. Yes, Dom, anytime, all Chelsea stuff related, you'll probably hear a bit more of Dom, everyone in the podcast. Also, thank you very much for the love. If you haven't followed us in the Discord, link is going to be down in the description of the uh, podcast as well. Get your questions in for next podcast. And very, very, very big thank you from me and Dom. Over to you, Paul, to sign us off. 
Thank you very much, Damien. So once again, make sure that you like and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Make sure you leave us a review so we know how we are doing. I just want to quickly thank everybody for their ongoing support of the podcast. It has been amazing. Damien and I will see you next week for episode six of the PD Sports Podcast.